Hello and welcome to Adjust Civilization. I'm your host, Dr. Hugh P. Neal, and, I, and today I'll be talking about the Quam Civilization, specifically its fair treatment of its citizens. Quam lasted from 200 BC to 880, and in that time it thrived as a democratic society in present-day Thailand. While Quam thrived, many important events were happening around the world. Jesus was born, lived, and died. The Roman Empire fell, dynasties took power and lost power in ancient China, and the Mayans prospered in Mesoamerica, to name a few. Although Quam existed at, the, existed at the same time as all these other civilizations, Quam was unique in it that it was the only civiliza- civilization with a tried and true democracy, a peaceful mindset, and a fair treatment towards all of its citizens. But before I start on these ideas, I would be remiss to not describe a couple of key aspects of Quam life and culture to help you get, give you a better feel for the society. Quam entered its period of prosperity around 200 BC, and since that point, every citizen of Quam has believed that they or originated from the sun god and the rice god. They worship their sun god, Duong, and their rice god, Ka, every Wednesday, while walking a circuit of the city. But let me rewind a little bit. Actually, a lot. Quam citizens believe that billions of years ago, at the dawn of time, all that existed was darkness and a never-ceasing rain. Legend has it that the sun god, Duong, broke through the darkness and fried the rain into seeds, which grew into rice, and from the rice grew the smallest parasite, which after millions of years evolved into man. Because of this belief, they worshipped the sun and rice along with other gods. As I did more research on this topic, it led me to ponder more about the religion, so I emailed Dr. Bridget Ellen, an archaeologist from Georgetown University who specializes on the Quam religion, and asked for an interview. During the interview, I asked her for a general overview of the Quam religion, and she replied, The Quam religion was polytheistic, and each god they worshipped looked like a natural resource and represented an idea. For example, there was Pa, the god of innovation and invention, who came in the form of Kinath, a crop native to Thailand. There was also Tong, the god of wealth, who came in the form of gold, Ka, the god of health, who came in the form of rice, and Duong, the main god, who came in the form of the sun, along with many others. Although religion does help give a sense of the Quam civilization, it is not the only topic that does so. The economy is essential to understanding Quam, because no civilization, democratic or not, can thrive without a functional economy. Quam's economy was based around their currency, which were little wooden coins with different engravings for different monetary values. They traded with the neighboring civilizations of China and India, and most traded was was transported along rivers. They exported crops and minerals, as well as textiles and rugs, and they imported tobacco, tea, cotton, and marble. An an interesting aspect of Quan's economy was the fact that they did not own slaves. The reasoning behind this is still not known, but it nods back to my original point, which is that they treated their citizens with respect and dignity. This is a good segue into my main topics, which are their government and social classes. The main underlying themes of their government and social classes are democracy and fairness. Their government was a democracy, through and through, and almost every decision made in their government was either initiated or approved by regular citizens. Their government consisted of a president, the Bangkok Chi Board, the Strong Board, and the Wantuk Swan Board. The Bangkok Chi Board upheld laws and made sure that the president was doing what what he was supposed to do. The Strong Board created the laws and the Wantuk Swan Board handled the day-to-day things, such as roads, infrastructure, etc. Each member of the government was elected by citizens, except for the Wantix Wan board members, who were elected by the Strong Board. Citizens played an extra important role for the Strong Board, 
because if citizens got enough signatures, they could propose a new law for the strong board to look over. The citizens could also vote whether or not certain laws get pa- got passed. All parts of the Qualms government indicate that like an ideal democracy, it was run by the people and it was run in a way that respects all citizens. A point worth noting about the strong board is that, the strong board is that they created a law banning the death penalty, which keeps in line with the continued pattern of respect shown by the Qualm government towards their people. An interesting point to bring up now, however, is the military of Qualm. You may be surprised to hear that they even did have a military, because of the level of respect and peace they showed towards all people. But, they did. Their military was high-end and was trained very well. They were specifically good on water, and had dense, low ships that could fly through the water and plow through enemy attackers. It was rumored that they had never lost a battle, except for at the very end of the Qualm civilization, when attackers surprised the Qualm military and came in through the northern mountains, where they ransacked all the farms until they got to the main Qualm city which they promptly lit on fire, ending the Qualm civilization forever. Despite this, for many centuries, the thought of Qualm's military sent fear into the hearts of enemies. Their strong military demonstrates to historians that although they respected all people and valued peace, Qualm was not a naive, a naive nation. Their social structure also points to, to a society that treated its citizens well, not because of the actual structure, but because of the social mobility. At the bottom of the structure were day-to-day manual workers, and progressed to farmers, then to artisans and salesmen, then to merchants, then to soldiers, then to priests, diplomats, and government officials, and finally to the president. There was nothing special about their actual structure, but one law kept social mobility very possible. In interviews, the interviewee's social class and past jobs were kept secret. This prevented any biases by social class, and therefore people were hired purely based on merit which encouraged social mobility. All these laws and systems that the Qualm civilization had, whether it be new laws proposed by the citizens, no death penalty, all officials had to be elected, or social mobility, indicate that Qualm was a nation that treated its people with utmost respect and civility, and maybe governments nowadays ought to think more like them. Although Qualm collapsed a long time ago, their ideals of respect, peace, and sensibility are still still with us today and that is a legacy stronger than any crumbling ruins still left in Thailand. I'm Dr. Hugh Neal, and thanks for listening.